Karl Marx. He's been called a philosopher, political theorist, socialist, communist, anti-capitalist, and anarchist. He's loved passionately by a few and demonized by many. His social theory of class conflict has left an indelible mark upon the world. But who exactly was this polarizing figure? Hello there. I'm Adam Neasley. And I'm Alex Seiferling. And my name is Briley Sheffield. And today we would like to talk to you about the social theory known as Marxism and the life of its enigmatic namesake. Named after its outspoken founder, Karl Marx, Marxism is a 19th century social theory that looks at the social, political, and economic effects of capitalism on labor, productivity, and economic development through the lens of an impending class conflict between the bourgeoisie, or the capitalist class who owns the means of production, and the proletariat, the working class who are the mode of production. Marxist theory of economic systems and class conflict has been a highly criticized, politically charged, hot-button issue for the last two centuries. Many people here at home in America have capitalist and cultured negative opinions concerning the work of Karl Marx, having never read his writings, but assume that Marxism is anti-American. In truth, Karl Marx was confused about the role America played in his narrative of class conflict, and genuinely believed up to the day he died that the American story was one of the proletariat's successes. Marx's social theory, though, wasn't influenced by the American working class. So to truly understand Marxism, it is important to understand the dynamic social factors surrounding him back in the 1800s, when his native Western Europe was a quagmire of absolute monarchies, struggling democracies, imperial ambition, and the new industrial revolution allowing for uncontrolled capitalism, profiteering, and population growth. To start at the very beginning of his life, Karl Marx was born in 1818 at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution in a small town in the Kingdom of Prussia called Buchenglas. He was homeschooled along with his nine siblings and lived a somewhat privileged life until heading to the University of Bonn in Germany at the age of 17 with the intent of studying philosophy. It was during his time in college and his love of contemporary philosophy that led him to join a group called the Young Hegelians who strongly criticized the political establishment of the day. And it was this that influenced him to go on to journalism as a career path. The young Hegelians followed the philosophical teachings of George Wilhelm Friedrich he Hegel, a German philosopher who brought idealism and dialectics into discussing the politics of the day. It was eventually from opposition to Hegel's philosophy of idealism over materialism that Marx began working as editor of the far-left newspaper Der Rheinische Zeitung in 1842, and where he began writing down his ideas about materialism and the inner workings of capitalism. Marx was obsessed with materialism as a driver to class conflict, and became somewhat of a historian in the workings of failed revolutions. Didn't his writing as a journalist get him banned from Germany, Belgium, and France? Yes, eventually. In 1843, Germany ordered the newspaper suppression for critiquing its imperial governmental policies, and Marx resigned his editorship and moved to Paris, France. He wanted to know why the previous two revolutions had failed, and hoped that in doing so he could refine his ideas about conflict further. He got a job at a Franco-German newspaper and befriended two fellow writers, an exiled Russian anarchist named Mikhail Bakunin, who introduced Marx to his belief of the proletariat as a revolutionary force and Frenchman Pierre-Joseph Proudhon, 
who published a paper concluding that property was theft and called for the nationalization of land and workplaces to be put under the control of peasants and workers. Marx would continue his tenure at the paper, refining his thoughts about the proletariat and class conflict. Much like Der Rheinische Zeitung, however, the paper was also shut down by the government for its leftist critique of the Prussian king's imperial ambitions and the greed of his government ministers. Marx found a new journalist job working for the only other German-speaking newspaper left in Paris, a politically radical paper that had ties to the utopia-learning socialist group of artisans and former guild members known as the League of Justice. For the next year, Marx was refining and publishing his thoughts on socialism, class conflict, and his new understanding of the role of the proletariat as a revolutionary force. In, in April of 1844, Marx was introduced to another German socialist by the name of Frederick Engels, a man who would become Marx's longtime friend. It was Engels who introduced Marx to his idea that it would be the working class and the art artisans, not the pe peasantry, that compromised the bulk of the proletariat and that they would lead the final revolution to overthrow the oppressive capitalist governments. It was his time in Paris with Frederick Engels that Marx delved into studying of systems of political economy and came to two conclusions. The first, at the base of the economy shapes the superstructure of capitalism above it. The second thing he concluded, his refinement of Hegel's contradictory dialectics was what he would come known as the dialectical materialism. Essentially, the bourgeoisie have all the property and all means of production, while the proletariat own nothing and has only their labor to sell. The superstructure is only concerned with the capital status quo, and this would inevitably lead to the class conflict Marx has been studying all these years. Marx believed that the bourgeoisie and capitalist society exploited their workers. The owners would pay them enough to afford for food and a place to live, and the workers, who do not realize they are being exploited, have a false consciousness or a mistaken sense that they are well off. They think they can count on their capitalist bosses to do what is best for them. Marx foresaw a workers' revolution, however. As the rich grew richer, Marx hypothesized that the workers would develop a true class consciousness or a sense of shared identity based on their common experiences of exploitation by the bourgeoisie and that the workers would unite and rise up in a global revolution. Once the dust settled after the revolution, the workers would then own all means of production, and the world would become communist. No one stratum would control the access to wealth. Marx's friend, Pierre-Joseph Proudhon, called the state of commune, or a state in which everything is community-owned. Out of this 19th century French philosophical state of commune was born the new idea of communism, Marx and Engels continued writing for the radical left German paper for another year, until once again some published critical anti-government comments about the Prussian king got Marx, the League of Justice, and any known communists and socialists in Paris banned from France. Marx took his wife to Brussels, Belgium, but had to promise the Belgian king that he would not write anything incendiary about contemporary politics in order to remain living there. Engels would soon join him, and together, with a growing number of fellow communist thinkers from the League of Justice, Marx and Engels helped form the Communist League. Marx and Engels would head to the Communist League conference in London in 1847, and there would be asked to pen a doctrine charter or manifesto that summed up the new organization's belief. Engels had already written a fair amount of work on the burgeoning ideals of communism, and Marx 
have been steadily writing about class conflict and economy for years, so the matchup was ideal. In spring of 1848, the two men presented the Communist Manifesto to the organization for publication. Not only did the manifesto read like the rest of Marx's publications, but the years of refining his idea finally paid off. In writing the Communist Manifesto, Marx laid out the tenets of what we now know as Marxism. In Engels' own words, quote, The manifesto being our joint production, I consider myself bound to state that the fundamental proposition which forms the nucleus belongs to Marx. Marx's proposition is thus, that in every historical epoch, the prevailing mode of economic production and exchange, and the social organization necessarily following from it, form the basis upon which it is built up, and from that which alone can be explained the political and intellectual history of that epoch. That, consequently, the whole history of mankind, since the dissolution of primitive tribal society holding land in common ownership, has been a history of class struggles, contests between exploiting and exploited, ruling and oppressed classes, that the history of these classes struggles form a series of evolutions in which nowadays a stage had been reached, where the exploited and the oppressed classes, the proletariat, cannot attain its emancipation from the sway of the exploiting and ruling classes, the bourgeoisie, without, at the same time, and once for, for all, emancipating society at a large form of exploitation, oppression, class distinction, and class struggles. The publication of the Communist Manifesto would get Marx banned from Belgium for violating his agreement with the king. But the ideas of his newly coined Marxism spread throughout Europe. His dialect hinged around the four points. One, acknowledging the physical reality which people lived. Two, the organizations of their social relations. Three, the value of historical context. And four, the human nature of continuous praxis, or which this deemed is acceptable customary practice within society, such as class inequality as set as capitalist systems, Marx thusly believed that class conflict was thoroughly inevitable, and at the base would eventually rise up and tear down the superstructure above it. The revolution of the proletariat would reshape society in a truly egalitarian way and free us from our capitalist shackles that create inequality and suffering. Marx would spend the rest of his life living in England, banned and stateless from everywhere in the European continent. He died in 1883 at the age of 64, and his anti-Hegelian Russian anarchy, French socialist, observant German philosophy of dialectical materialism, and the class conflict theory, otherwise known as Marxism, would impact the world long after him.